Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. Grateful to be back with you here on a wonderful February bitter cold weekend. I am your host, Max Mosier, here on the Infinity Bros Podcast with one other Infinity Bro today. Infinity Bro Mark. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be back. Um, the conspiracy board has gotten larger, and there's more red twine going all different directions now. WandaVision has taken the globe by by storm, and if you're listening to our episode right now, you're probably listening to hear about episode six. We will have a spoiler review of that here for you, so this is your spoiler warning right now. I'm going to go ahead and put that bumper for that right here. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. And as well, this might be the first time you've ever listened to us, so we want to make sure you're familiar with our rating system. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity step. Mark, did you have a good uh, a good week other before we like dig into WandaVision? Like like how how did you feel? I mean, episode 5 I felt like took a lot out of us. It felt like a very long long marathon to get here for me. How was your week? <laughs> That's how I felt too. That I, like I I'm living for WandaVision at this point. Just, I need to make it the Friday, get WandaVision out during my lunch break, and then join the podcast and right. talk about it. We'll talk about other things today, too. I just wanted to put all those on the front end. We'll, we'll talk about those a little bit later. We'll get into some nerd news. We are going to talk about Gina Carano as well. Uh, so just uh, stick around after we talk about WandaVision, which is going to take up, I think, a majority of our episode. But uh, we're not going to bury the lead past that. Hour? Hour 45? <laughs> I, I have 45 minutes, but... <laughs> There, there, there's a chance. There's a, I know that's, that's an optimistic outlook, right? Like <laughs> 12 hours later. Yeah. I, I just don't think, I don't think it's going to be that, um, real quick, Mark, for those that haven't listened to our, our show before, can you just give kind of your rating of last week's episode and your thoughts so far on this season, uh, what your rating's been? Um, my ratings have always been six out of six, um, for every episode. I just, I love it. Maybe I'm biased with pop culture comic book stuff um yeah last last week's episode kind of like elevated the um how do i want to say this like you know each episode has felt like it's been getting more ramped up and like going more and more which i've i've loved like you know you get a little bit more of the pie a little bit more of the pie this episode felt like it was like a downswing like it kind of like it killed off the heat a little bit for maybe a bigger payoff in two more episodes. So you just didn't expect like more and more. This this definitely felt more like a like a episode two type of episode where it's kind of like I feel like there's a lot of information we need to unpack. I, I gave last week's an episode a six out of six. I haven't gone six out of six in the most part. At the beginning of the season, I had some issues, not with the story uh, per se, but uh, again, more with the length. And how they've decided to make like an eight minute credits still kind of even with this episode, I'm like, 
why do you tease me with that? Why why do you show me a 37 minute countdown when it's like this is really a 29 minute episode that's neither here nor there. That's every episode. I need to just accept it. I'm six episodes in. I need to just literally <laughs> I've I've complained about that for six episodes straight. It's not going to change. It's it's what it is. Um IMDb ratings through all the episodes just for those that are paying attention at home cuz cuz this has been weird, Mark, with WandaVision cuz again, we talked about this last week too. This is different MCU content than we're used to. We're used to this data dump of two and a half hours of information and then talking about it for six to eight months or two to three months till the next project. Whereas right now we're getting this in 29 minute increments every week. Um, and what's nuts about that is, you know, some people hate that. Like, you know, why don't just give it all of a, give it to us all? Because now we meticulously analyze and break down each episode because we got six days to do exactly, so. and it's it's ingrained in pop culture, uh, and then it builds the hype even more because you're like, oh, who's who? Who's this person? Who could this person be? Where like a movie, just like it gives you everything right away. Yeah, the red herrings are a lot easy, are a lot harder to identify in this. It feels like yeah. Um, out of ten IMDb's rating system, seven point five for episode one, seven point nine for episode two. 8.3 on episode 3, 9.0 on episode 4. That was the one where Monica Rambeau, uh, her kind of backstory was shown. Episode 5, which introduced Pietro at the end of it, got a 9.3, which is the highest rated episode so far. This episode gets a 9.1. Mark, what is your rating of this episode and your brief thoughts before we kind of deep dive into it? Um, I was thinking about giving it a five out of six, just because I just felt like of like the lukewarm feeling I was getting with this episode. But I'm gonna give it a six out of six. Just You're to gonna keep the streak going, yeah? Because, yeah, because I think this episode, I think has a lot of stuff that can really be unpacked with the verbiage that was used by some characters, and just how some stuff is being laid out. Um, and I really loved, like, the late 90s vibe to it. Like, it, definitely Malcolm in the Middle beginning sequence. But, um, yeah, I just, it, I think there's a lot more content and context that we got in this episode than uh, initial viewing will kind of be able to comprehend. Yeah, this is a six out of six for me. This this might be my favorite episode, Mark. I, wow. And I've been critical. I'm excited I, to I, talk about this. I've been critical this. about this show. Not, like oh, it's a three or a four out of six or even a two or a one, but critical of just some choices they've made in terms of production. But you, na- I mean, you nailed it two weeks ago. And I mean, we talked about it. And, and the expectation was that they'd ramp it up, but the speed at which they're going now is unbelievable to me. And what they do in this episode, just, just for brief, again, this is very brief, broad strokes talking about this episode. They did a Malcolm in the Middle episode, which is by far the best TV homage I think they've done so far, in my opinion. I think Malcolm in the Middle is a wonderful show. I think Evan Peters was remarkable in this show. And I know you've ranted and raved about him in in your time of watching American Horror Story and other projects he's done. I, I think he was phenomenal. He stole the show this episode. I think what they're doing with the twins is exactly what I wanted and more. <laughs> um the commercial is wonky. I want to spend some time talking about that. It, it's the one. It's the one commercial. I got. I just got to jump in. That like didn't fit the same profile as like the last five. It did and it didn't. We'll we'll Performing. talk about that because it's yeah. it's kind of based yeah. on the decades that it's showing, right? It fits the nineties. I mean, 
but it didn't have any of like the the two actors that are yeah, yeah no i agree I, i'm with you um and i'm I'm falling in I, I, as a character. I'm falling in love more with Monica Rambeau. I mean, this character just every week grows on me more. She's the standout right now of the ser- of the series so far. Jimmy Woo is remarkable. The the fact <laughs> that they've made Darcy have depth and stakes, and what the choice they make at the end to put Herb into the hex against her will. I'm fascinated to see where this is going. We didn't even talk about the stuff with Wanda and Vision. We'll get into that. There's questions that still need to be answered. There's vague answers to what we have right now. I just think this show, this episode did a great job, and it, it was such a great twist from where we were feeling, Yumi and Isaac, last week on episode 62 when we talked about, you know, is this a multiverse? And this episode basically said, no, it's not. <laughs> Let's talk about that with Pietro. This went a complete swerve than what we thought last week, Mark. I mean, it appears now to me, after watching, and both you and I have watched it twice today, it appears to me, after watching this episode, that this is either a Pietro from our reality that just has memory shoved into his corpse of a body, or it's a dead Pietro from another multiverse, and they're going to have to okie doke and wiggity bop their way to figure it yeah, out well, I understand. okay well i'm gonna jump right into that he he literally says when they're in like the the town square uh last thing i remember i was being shot in an alley like some shrub or, or i don't remember the word he uses and the next thing i hear is you calling for me so we know we know our pietro and mcu doesn't die that way we have no idea how the other quicksilver in the Fox universe gets killed, but somehow if you're like, if you're going down that theory that he's from a universe and actually is Quicksilver and Pietro, that he is a different Quicksilver in a different universe who happens to look like the Fox's Quicksilver, right? Like, is that where you're, I, I don't think it's him. You're going with that. I've taken a complete 180 from what I thought last week, because my thought also what made me think, cause you know, you've ingrained this and everything. Anyone can be uh, uh, Mephisto that maybe this Quicksilver actually is Mephisto. Yeah, so you've kind of taken the opposite approach to me. So up to this point, if you've never listened to our show, or to recap last week, a brief thought of what I had is, I for the previous three weeks have spent all my time going, okay, Mephisto is the big bad. The question is who he's inhabiting and, <laughs> who is and, it? and, and how he's doing it. And Mephisto is this big bad. You then introduce this concept to me called Dormammu which I thought was a very fair argument last week. In pondering that more and watching this episode, there's three episodes left. I don't think it's Mephisto. I do think it's a big bad, but I think it's more of, I think it's Nightmare. And I think I think we're going to see Nightmare, who's in Doctor Strange, be pulling the strings behind the scene. And I think this is still going to be a Wanda story. I think this is going to be, to kind of parallel it in terms of villains, like Loki in the first Avengers. Loki was the major villain in that movie. In the post credit scene, we find out that Thanos was pulling his strings behind the scenes. That is how I think this show is going. So I'm officially Infinity Bros. Universe. Isaac will be disappointed, probably. I'm pulling back my Mephisto excitement. I think this is Nightmare doing vague things, very small things. Because this is this episode essentially said Wanda's in control of all of it. 
That's what it did at the end. It said Wanda's in control of it. She knows what's going on, and it's her way or the highway. So with your low-key analogy, um, it's interesting because uh, my beautiful wife Kelly and I had just watched the first Avengers last night. Are you saying Nightmare is like the Loki of this, and then we're going to have a bigger guy that's actually a person pulling I'm the saying strings? Wanda's the Loki of this. And Nightmare is the Thanos. And Nightmare is pulling the strings. And I think Agnes is the conduit for that. Mm-hmm. Because I because Agnes knows too much. If we want to break down with, when Vision interacts with Agnes this episode, she we definitely, you know, our whole theory is like she's totally aware the whole time. This This episode just showed that she wasn't unless she's playing with Vision. She is always where she needs to be at the right moment. And where was she when Vision tried to get out? She was there. I I find that convenient. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily Agatha Harkness choosing it. That's maybe also what I'm saying. I, I I'm she could be good and she could at the end be you know, she could turn the side turn sides and help with Wanda. But the more I'm watching this, the more I'm the more I'm coming to the realization that Mephisto just isn't going to make sense. If they were gonna do Mephisto, now was the time to introduce the concept. Because you need a couple episodes to hash that out. You do not need a couple episodes to hash out Nightmare. Because Nightmare is going to be in Doctor Strange. And you can pass the baton to the movie. And really force everybody who's watched this to go see that movie. And that's what WandaVision was originally supposed to be is at the end. Like it was supposed to end and the next week was supposed to be the release of Doctor Strange. Right. And and to Feige and Disney's credit, they kind of have said it from the get-go. Right? Like... I think I've just overthought it. I don't know how other people have been, but I think for me, I've overthought it. And this episode really proves it. And I I, even, I think we overthought the multiverse stuff. I think I think they are doing multiverse oh, stuff, but I think they wanted to tease it and see where people would be and really just kind of open that Pandora's box as they get closer and closer. I do not think this is Pietro. I think this is, again, I'd go back. I think this could be Simon Williams. I think this could be a Grim Reaper. I think this is somebody in those categories of living in that place, being connected to somebody else. Maybe maybe he, he got shot. He's dead. Maybe he's somebody that got in the way of Wanda. Maybe he was like somebody that lived there and tried to stop her. I don't know. But I don't think that's the Quicksilver of the of the X-Men universe. Gosh, because, like, yeah, we get like a, a dead version of him, but like it didn't like pan to what Pietro looks like in the MCU. It was still Evan Peters. Yeah. But he seems so self-aware and asked, you know, about the children. Like, hey, that's, you know, you've really been hiding these children all this long. So I just feel like, like that interaction made me feel like if it, if he isn't actually Quicksilver or a person that's cloaking to look like Quicksilver, that maybe he actually, like, you know, which then leads to my, like, after all this hype and talk about Mephisto, like, is he, that like, going back to that that well. You know what? I mean, knowing the way this show's been, Mark, next week Mephisto could walk right in. Yeah, anything could happen. And I could be coming back here a week from now going, like, how could I get away from it one week before? It I even, was wrong. I was right, then I was wrong, then I was right again. I mean, I, I, it could be any of that. I guess, for me, the reason that I sit here today, and, and you're right, like, he's breaking the fourth wall when the kids are talking and they're Malcolm in the middle way he's watching them like this is weird that they're talking to like the wall that's strange you can actually visibly see him have that weird look and 
he is in the same boat as Vision right now. He is self-aware that something's going on. He's part of the show. He knows he's part of the show. He feels, for a lack of better phrasing, called to be part of the show. And their interaction when they, you know, when they would talk about what old Halloweens are like, reminisce about past memories, how, like, he would say, that's not how I remember it. No, she would say that. She said that. Right. Oh, my bad. Yeah, the it's the same that. concept. The other thing that was hilarious was that they were dressed up as Natasha Romanoff and Nick Fury. Did you notice that in the Halloween? I missed that. Who was? The the kids in their, in their Halloween flashback of them getting the fish. Oh my gosh, I missed that part. Yeah. They, no, everybody did because she had antennas, but she had red hair and the other kid was dressed like Nick Fury. That's why it's like, it's all crap. It's all a load of crap. There's no way they would have addressed like that. Load of crap. And it's just a funny thing. And, and like, I mean, there's other subtle things, right? They're making the kick-ass line. You heard the kick-ass line, right? Yeah, I heard that. I, I, I paused. I paused, paused and was like, went to Kelly. It's like, that's that's the superhero that the other Quicksilver played in the movie actually called. And Evan Kick Peters ass. was <laughs> in that movie as his best friend, right? So it's, it's he was. It's that's, crazy. Yes. So oh it's like it, this show is incredibly meta, which I know for you, Mark, that's like your jam. You love that stuff. Zane loves oh that stuff. Gosh. Like, I just think we're the audience for that, and I'm all in on the meta stuff. I just think I think after this episode, seeing Pietro be dead really was kind of for me the pun intended nail in the coffin of like. He's not the X-Men universe version of it. Now, where I would agree with you is if if it had been... And the second rewatch. The second rewatch, when like I kind of hashed this out, he does say, because he's, he's, he says this, he's like, uh, last thing I remember, being shot, right. then hearing you. So it's like, this, like, are we getting that he actually did die in a different universe? And that's a point where then she can take him from that universe? Like, if it is a multiverse type of thing? He died in the town, or he died at Sword. He maybe when she infiltrated Sword to get Vision's body, he was one of the guards. I don't know. I'm taking it at face value, and I think I think it is an okie doke. And we and we've talked about that last week. We were like, is it an okie doke? And I think all three of us walked away from it like, why? Why would you make that an okie doke? Okay, and then one other thing because this just popped in my head. Uh, like Agnes says, she'll she won't let us go. We're gonna be here forever. She makes like the way she sound talks about it, it's like she's been there for a very long time, and we're supposed to understand that it's only been like ten days, maybe two weeks. And this is to me why I think there still is an overarching thing, and that could be Dottie, right? Maybe or time or, or time time is yeah, different. Time is different in there. I, yeah, I mean bubble. they're 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 zooming through the decades, right? So like in sure. theory, they, this could be a lot of time. They they're actually living. Right. They, they could be. I don't decades. know. I. It, what's happening to these people is pretty crazy. Let's kind of go character by characters. You listen to this. You've never listened to our show. This is this is how we review it. We bounce around it. Sorry, that's the way it's going to be. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah, spit in a bucket. Get ready for round two. Just being for real. Like I mean, that's this is how we're going to do it. Um, Mark, where do you want to start? What character do you want to go? We talked about Pietro. We'll we'll kind of count him done for till the end here. You, where you want to go? What do you want to talk about? Give me a character. I got I got the, bullet points for all the, of them. The, the, the sassy best oh, friend. Oh, gosh. Okay, so let's talk about Wu Rambo and Darcy here. Okay, so first of all, I love that you said that because that was a bullet point I made. I love – so here's something – I laughed out. I, here's I something I'm cracking up at. So the sword stuff is in itself its own TV show trope, right? It, it's, yeah. it's all this TV show trope stuff. Like, oh, let's enhance the image. Oh, I just need this piece of equipment, and now I've solved the answer. Darcy's doing those things. Like – 
It's all these TV show tropes. Oh, we get kicked out, and then we're gonna beat up and be exactly. back in there and, like, and figure so, things like, out. I, that's a, that's meta. I've enjoyed that actually. I think some like some people would eye roll at that. I think it's been great. I don't think it has anything to do with what the hex is doing. I think it's just part of the fun of the show and part of the m- magic of Marvel. That's a part of this series. Is it's supposed to emulate shows of that specific decade and they're doing a great job and i think that's what some people get lost in with episodes one and two it's like they're great because they are copying like exactly what shows are like in those time periods well and here's another great thing that i love in this and before we talk about these three characters i love monica rambo's showdown with hayward verbally i absolutely love this and this is another example of I think Hayward is going to be an antagonist in some... I think it's clear he's he's an antagonist in some way towards the end of the series, right? What what does Hayward say? He didn't say you guys got blipped. He's like, you guys were just You were gone, gone for five years, no, and he that. essentially... Mark, he's attacking super-powered people. No, 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 no. He's, he, he said... he's Yeah, okay, we're going to come back to this. He said you were away. At, like, he, like in, in a sense that he... That character knew they were going to come back. Like I don't know. If, I don't know if that's overpacking, but just that seemed weird verbiage. I think it's a fair point in the sense of this. I think people high up in those positions in this universe, personally, would like to think that the Avengers were maybe going to figure out how to solve it. Now, the length in which they solved it really caused a lot of trauma for the whole planet and the whole universe, right? And so I think that's. But but that kind of gets to the point of what I really like about this encounter is it does two things, three things really. The first is his character development for Rambo and Hayward. I really like Hayward as kind of being a mystery here, and and he's going to have something bad that he's done. I'm looking forward to finding out what that is, and I'm looking forward to the rest of these characters finding out what that is. I also really like how they're tying in what happens in Endgame here, Mark. I th- Like, we saw how Spider-Man did it, and they kind of made it a joke. You know, at the beginning of the second Spider-Man movie, we get that goofy high school montage of all those heroes that died. And that was funny and comical, and it was kind of a perfect thing to do right after Tony Stark dies, right? Because that's kind of the last thing we see on the frames. But to come to this and see Monica Rambeau have a point of, like, we really shouldn't piss this woman off because she's taking a town hostage. Who's to say she can't do that to a whole state, right? Like, I mean, or, you know, more. Like, we need to reason with this woman. And he's like, look, you guys weren't there for five years. We lost our trust in the heroes. The heroes didn't do their job, so we need to start doing our job. And I think I just think that's a fascinating dichotomy that is going to be a theme in this universe moving forward. I think, and I think it's going to be interesting. And you're gonna, I think we're gonna see it with things like Secret Invasion. I think we're gonna see it with with uh with the Thunderbolts. And I just I love that tension that is palpable and clear and. And I, I, just, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a really, really, really great, wise way of storytelling in just a few lines. But that that's just me. I, I wanted to... Any comments on that before we kind of dig into Darcy and Rambo a little more? Gosh, I'm, yeah, I'm just with Hayward, um, I think you're spot on. Uh, one thing I was really looking for in my second watch is when um, Wanda starts expanding the area that she's playing in and seeing the fear... I feel like what I saw with Hayward, which made me think, like, if he was really afraid, maybe he's not all-powerful, if that makes sense. Yeah. If he's, like, you know, when our initial thoughts, like, he might, he might be someone be more important. He might just right. be, 
Yeah, and, and like you said, with his whole like monologue and stuff, it does sound like he's probably just a regular dude that's like, hey, a lot of crap happened after five years, and our superheroes didn't save us, and even the ones that were stuck around really didn't do much. So I could see a lot of animosity that he might have. Mark, there are theories going around right now, and we'll talk about we'll talk about the X Men theories at the end because I want to talk about that. But there, there's theories going around that this guy is going to be the head of the Sentinel Project. Dude, you just like read my mind. Like that was that that was my thought after watching this episode. That it's like it would make sense if this dude starts building machines. That can like battle. It would not surprise people. me if at the end of this season, the place that her R- Rambo and him were walking around in and sword Trask. That was what it was. That that they, they were walking around Sentinels. Remember those those big machines we saw in episode four that they were walking around. Oh, I know. That wouldn't surprise me at all if that was Sentinels, and that's just them saying X Men aren't here yet, but we sure as heck got the villain for them. But we're we're we're, we're ready, ready for him, right? And I think, and, and and we'll talk about that a little bit at the end with kind of the where where does this go from here? I, let's talk about Darcy. Let's, well, Rambo too. Her um, Darcy tells Rambo that her if she goes essentially back into the barrier one more time, her her molecules are going to get messed up. Now, do you think Photon is? And this is a brief introduction to the question at the end. I have, and we can maybe dive into it a little bit here. Is do you think this is do you think this is creating the mutant gene? I didn't think about that, but like, is but Monica Rambeau is a superhero. She's I mean, photon, has yeah, powers. photon, like, yeah. Fo- yeah. So it's like maybe this is how she gets her powers. We'll talk about that later. We'll get back to we'll get to that. Bit. Let's let's close with that part because right, that's that's a loaded question. But but definitely like the scene where it's like, hey, your blood samples are really screwed up, and they're like changing the molecular level. It's definitely like. And she's like, oh, whatever. And everyone who knows is like, well, you're going to have powers probably by the end of the series. So that's cool. Do you, what do you want Darcy Pardon. to be in this universe that 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 uh, Wanda's done? I, I was pretty like that was a pretty big shocker to me. Pretty big shocker that, that she got sucked into that world personally. And that's another thing to unpack that we should wait until we, you know, whoever we end with, because I got some theories. Yeah, let's, about, we'll talk about theories here at the end. Um, or thoughts. Um. I really like Billy and Tommy in this, Mark. I, I think I think what they're doing with Wiccan and Speed is absolutely fl- like masterful, maybe is the word I'd use. It's a perfect way to introduce these kids with very, very little. Like, I feel like I'm getting to know these characters at the speed they're going, which is pretty remarkable. And I really like how their powers are forecasting. I mean, Wiccan is pretty doggone powerful in the comics. And I like the way his look, I like the, the way his blue light emits from his hands I, I love speed i think speed was great it was really refreshing to me to see in the mcu a speedsters back i i know in age of ultron people thought that wasn't the best look i really had, and have enjoyed watching speedsters this episode personally what about you um yeah I, I i guess i got no comment on that it was interesting how they decided to do the um special effects for them being yeah they were fast. different effects there were different effects from what yeah. was in Age of Ultron. And nobody's talked about that. No no big conglomerates in reviews I've watched have talked about that. And I think that's important. I, I think what I would like to know if they ever if they did like a background, did did they have people who did special effects go back and be like, hey, what did they use in like the late nineties and like early thousands for stuff like this? And we're gonna do it like that. Cause it definitely wasn't um 
like how the Flash TV show does it, or how we got in MCU or even in Fox's universe, obviously. So it was definitely like, hey, we're gonna f- everyone stay still, and we're gonna f- you know film these people going around doing stuff and Speaking speed it Flash up. Mark, isn't it incredible how high quality this show is? Like, like it just blows my mind when I've watched CW superhero shows, and it just this feels like watching a movie every week. It's it's remarkable. Well, when each episode's $25 million. No, I just like, it blows my mind at how big of a difference that makes. Um, let, Let's close with the two big ones. I'm, oh, let's let's talk about this real quick before we talk about them. What the hell is going on in this commercial? Right. Magic. What is it? Yo, magic. Yo, magic. This is this is a huge curveball that is essentially thumbing. The, this is the directors, writers, showrunners, actors, all of them rubbing it in our face that this is the answer to everything going on and there's a myriad of ways you could interpret this you could interpret this as wanda who is using magic to fill her loneliness but it's killing her you could interpret this as wanda is using magic and it's killing everybody in the facility you could interpret this as this is going to be wiccan's fate because he's going to use magic i mean i mean there's so many ways to interpret this commercial that I have zero clue. You could interpret this as Mephisto or Nightmare or Agnes as using magic as conduits through Wanda. I, I don't know what this commercial is saying, but it's the clear and obvious answer, and it's stupid how vague and ridiculous it is. Oh, by the way, it fits perfectly into the 90s, 2000s themes. Remarkable job there. You could, I mean, the, the, the attention to detail on these little things is pretty remarkable. Dude, I'm just as lost with that commercial as a lot of, like, yeah, like you said, it could be any type of metaphor you're trying to make there. It just seemed, like, in the Yo Magic part of it, it's just like, like, my initial thought is, like, is it someone feeding off Wanda's magic that's making them more powerful, and it's actually killing Wanda? Like, that's that was kind of my initial thought. I, I mean, I don't know how to tell you you're wrong on that. I, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't anybody's, think anybody's wrong. wrong. I think we don't know. We didn't write it. We were a part of this right. production. Right. I mean, let's get Paul Bettany on the podcast. Let's call him up right now. Be do boop boop boop. Yeah, I don't know, Mark. I think when I look at this, I, I think it's talking about Wanda because that just aligns with everything else that's gone on, right? Maybe. I don't know. I'm speechless on this one. I, I just, I just when I wrote my when I wrote my show notes was what the hell, <laughs> like. It was jarring. This was the most jarring moment in the whole series. This was more jarring to me than seeing Vision and Pietro dead. Watching that kid decay was jarring. And it was different. I was unfazed. I'm not saying I was, like, rattled. I'm saying it was jarring. I mean, it seems... I wasn't rattled. It was just jarring. jarring. uh, It was just different. It It was, like, out of... It's like we're getting this Malcolm in the Middle show, and, and with with WandaVision, every time I turn it on, I know it's going to be a crazy 29 minutes that I'm going to have to go back and watch again. Like, I just, like, I don't know what I'm going to get anymore with this show. And this show definitely made, made me feel like that, because I kind of expect, I was like, okay, we kind of know the trajectory of where this is going, and it's like, like, end of the day, it's like, oh, no, this is actually another, another puzzle piece episode that we're going to place right here. Thank you. It hasn't, hasn't formed the whole picture yet, but it was another piece so of So a couple weeks ago, Reddit had a leak on, on a scene from this episode that I accidentally saw. And what it had seen was the opening clip was seeing um, 
Evan Peters. So I knew about the Evan Peters reveal a couple weeks ago. And yeah, that that was a stupid, but it is what it is. But I, I all I saw was her blasting Evan Peters with this. So I that was the one thing I knew was going to happen in this episode. Even with that information two weeks ago, Mark, it did nothing for me. Like, it did absolutely nothing for me. I, I really have no idea where the show is going. And I tip my hat to Marvel on that. I, I That's very difficult to do, I feel like, this day. Let's talk about Wanda and Vision. Wanda is in complete control of everything here, it looks like. Um, were you surprised by this? Did this affirm things you thought? Or did this just bring more questions to you? Mm, can I say all of the above? Yes. <laughs> um, y- yes, this episode definitely... Wanda is definitely under... Is at least conscious enough for certain parts to make her own decisions and obviously do what she did by expanding the area. Um, and, like, the first... Like, this is, that like, the other stuff to unpack. Like, you go the first, like, three episodes... It was definitely seemed like she, like, like as Vision, I think, said in episode five, like, subconsciously, you didn't know. And that's what I feel like we got in the first three. And then, like, definitely this episode, she's definitely more aware of what's going on. And definitely with the conversation she has with uh, Quicksilver about, you know, the kids and stuff. Like, obviously, she knew or found out, like, either, you know, from Revelations subconscious that there were kids in this town that she was just hiding or keeping in their homes or controlling them. And whether she's actually controlling them for say, or like she's having help and she doesn't know it. I don't know. It's just like, it's a big can of worms. Yeah. I've really shifted my belief with her to this is nightmare doing this. It would make complete sense in regards to his, Pietro's line to her about how she lets people just go to sleep and stay asleep. There's just been a lot of sleep metaphors lately in this episode. And Mephisto, again, I just think Mephisto is too convoluted to do in three episodes. That's not Marvel's specialty. They're very, at least through six episodes, it has all been wrapped up in a nice, clean, tight script. I just don't see how Mephisto can be the one now with that. I think it can be nightmare if it's very briefly talked about with Agnes. But but like Mark, even going back, I don't even know how they're going to do Grim Reaper or Simon Williams right now. If they're even involved. I I think it's pretty obvious Simon Williams is involved with Vision somehow, personally. I, I, I just feel like there's no way he could have emotion without some human combining consciousness with him. And the only human that works in the comics is Simon Williams. So I, I just, that's kind of a gut thing, but I mean, sure. with Mephisto, I've been stupid wrong with my gut, so I don't know. Let's close out with the most important, I think the most important character of the series here is Vision, Mark. And and through six episodes, while Monica Rambeau, for me, is the character that I'm falling more in love with, that I'm like, man, I'm really stoked to see her in Captain Marvel 2, hopefully with powers. What Paul Bettany's doing in this season is pretty remarkable, and... I mean, his journey all the way from Iron Man to showing up and doing voices for Jarvis and filling in uh, exposition for that movie to essentially having his own show now. This is one of his best episodes, Mark. I I mean, this is one of Paul Bettany's best. This episode and last episode are some of the best 45-minute hours 
that we've seen from this guy acted in this role and his journey through the hex and how he's like, we talked about the conversation with Agnes. I'm buying nothing that Agnes is saying to him, Mark. I'm buying none of it. And on top of like all that, like the character vision knowingly lied to Wanda to, cause he wanted to go investigate stuff. He, he doesn't lie. Which then leads to then now, like, no, you talking about not believing anything. Like I wasn't thinking about this. And yeah, Ignis is always in the right place, right time. And she was in her car, lights pointing towards, um, what is it? Ellis Avenue, the other side. So she totally wanted the hex to grow. She knew that he would go out and that, that Wanda would grow the hex. She wants the hex to grow. Gosh, the other thing that really, like, I I know this probably isn't connected, but the scene where he gets to the one house and it's like the wife is like, um, you know, putting up the decoration and just goes back and forth, like the same motion, like background, like the husband is like picking up a pumpkin, setting it down, picking it like, you know, all one fluid motion is back and forth for eternity, I guess. Made me think of Kilgrave. How? Because we saw the woman visibly crying, so at some... So, like, are the people who are frozen, are they just physically frozen but mentally aware? Well, I mean, Rambo talks about it. She's like, I, I felt the emotions of Wanda on it. And, I mean, yeah, I do. I think that, Mark. And I think the ramifications of this season are going to plague the MCU. Because this is really setting up mistrust for superheroes. If this has any X-Men ties... If if Wanda if Wanda Maximoff is the person that makes the X Men, there's your reason for the world to hate mutants right there, because of this one event. And like you saying, like people hating superheroes, it, you know, Spider Man supposed to happen six months later after, or like you know after the snap. At the end of that movie, he's outed as being a bad guy. I mean, it's it's all clearly Marvel is unraveling all these heroes as bad guys. Which then leads trust. to like maybe the, maybe it's going to be secret wars. Secret invasion, you mean? If you know the heroes at the yeah yeah, I mean either one where like they have to fight in the background because they can't fight out front because the people don't want them. I, which is interesting. It's yeah. going to be an interesting dichotomy from Endgame because, in my opinion, how I looked at Endgame at the end of it was, oh man, people are going to be so happy they brought all those people back. But Hayward really flips that narrative, right? He says they didn't make it work. We had five years of trauma. And so not only did they bring them back later than they should have, they essentially broke all these relationships, right? So we saw like kids in high school that were young and now they're old or they were, came back young. I mean, I would assume I would assume they're going to look at marriages that way. I would assume they're going to look at business models. Insurance claims. If you had life insurance on someone who gets blipped and then five years later they come back. It really does kind of mess with this universe a little bit. It's It's weird how that works when you think about the details. I what did you I I thought we got to get closing out here soon. Vision's encounter here with with Sword is really what I was building up to with Paul Bettany's acting. His just claim to them to come in and save the people. I mean, I just how can you not love Vision as a hero? There's no way if there's one thing I'm certain about the end of this season, it's that Vision is going to save everybody. That's who's going to have to save everybody. He will have to do it. Quicksilver obviously is in the Quicksilver we know. Are we assuming that Quicks or Vision is the Vision we know because we actually saw his body, um, or is his body the real Vision, and whatever Vision he is in his mind 
is something Wanda either took from a different universe or created herself. Because he does make the comment and that we're one of the same minds. So I've got so. like a list of questions I wanted to ask you at the end. This is the first one. So you're nailing it. You're, you're starting us off perfect. Who's Pietro? Because this is the twofold question here. It's a twofold question with Pietro and Vision. Here's what here's what I'd say about Vision. I think Vision and Pietro are corpses filled with the memories or a specific memory of what their character needs to know or what their character needs to be. So I think Vision I would I would give you yes on Vision on that theory. Well, I think maybe and maybe Pietro is kind of like the two like Pietro I I could do be not the big bad that. with with her sprinkling in some information there. Maybe that's how it is. But with Vision it's another thought with with Pietro. Does she actually like is it her let me rephrase this. If he actually is a corpse, and that's what she saw, whatever. But how do we know? Because we we don't. Because that Quicksilver, if it's Evan Peters, we didn't see die in the MCU. Which then I think leads my thought going this way is if it is Mephisto or someone else, did they flash that to like you know scare her? Like was that it? Was that a play that they did? Like they hey she she's we know she saw vision like this so if we do with pietro we'll give her another shock to the system it's going to be remark I, I i really think that's where it's going right now i think this has to do with what she wants i think she wanted pietro to come in and disrupt the fight that she was having with vision that's why pietro was that way and that's why he was gobbledygook and- or, or someone pulling the strings both and i think it's both and and that's i don't think you're crazy for thinking that um who is manipulating wanda Last week it was Mephisto for me. I am now switching to Nightmare. Could be Nightmare, maybe Grim Reaper. Um, is the Hive strong enough to con- have control? Like we don't know anything's going to be possible. I suppose I don't think it's um, Hive. Hive it just doesn't. Dorm- I mean, is it Dormammu? Hang on, is it Dormammu? Dormammu? Yeah. Or maybe Dormammu's followers have enough power if they're all working together to control it. That's what you know. Maybe gets you know. Doctor Strange back into the mix. Well, I'll tell you what. Doctor Strange is definitely going to be at the end of this season in some way because that hex growing ain't going to make him too happy. And that, I mean, that's double entendre. It's a hex because the hex gone all, and then a hex because it probably, if it actually is a hex, that means somewhat of mystical, magical Do you think the hex is going to, this is, is my third question. Strings. Do you think the hex is going to reach oh New Jersey or go as far as the old United States? Well, I mean, it's already, oh, you mean like take over the whole, all of it. Ooh, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a point where Doctor Strange definitely steps in with his people to be like, hey, this obviously doesn't look right. Um, what if that's how they ended the season? What if the end of the season is it goes over the whole USA and that's how Falcon and Winter Soldier starts? Is their post-hex? And they don't even know they're in the hex. Wow. Well, I, I don't... I, I, at this current moment, I'm not subscribing to that. No, I'm. I'm but not saying I like it. I'm saying it would be bold, is what I'm saying. And, and it's it's not it beneath be. them. But I think it would also be like a, I don't know, like a slap on the wrist to that show. Then to not really develop their characters, unless you know the payoff of the end is like they remember everything they did. I think the threat in episode nine is going to be this hex growing again. That's what I think. I just, I just don't think it gets that big because, like you said, I think Doctor Strange would intervene unless you're going to give me like, oh, he's actually off doing something else. And I mean, Multiverse know, of Madness, he might be already started that. This might be the detour in that movie. 
and maybe this isn't the MCU we know. Dude, I don't know. It's it's wild. This show, this show opens up the the canister of of, of worms. Maybe the end of the season will be young Monica Rambeau waking up, and she's like, "Oh, it was all a dream." Do you think this is this is a theory going around? Do you think that mutants will come from the hex? Is this where the first group of mutants come? So this is like, this would be the starting ground of mutants. So this town would be the first set of mutants. And all these kids that are there are the mutants. So, okay, that's what I'm saying. This theory is people who get inside the hex, obviously, like, their DNA, like, we got, you know, that's the tidbit we get from this episode. It's like, hey, if you get involved with the hex, your blood will be changed, probably. Um... Are we saying like everyone's gonna be a mutant that's inside the hex, which then would be like, I don't think it gets as big as the United States. Um, if it's just the kids who become mutants, and it's like, well, how do you start telling the story? Unless their big payoff is like, oh, we're gonna do that, maybe jump a few years in some of the movies and shows. You could make them kids now, and then in ten years reach the story. I guess, but then how do you pay off with like Charles Xavier? Unless you're that's Charles not the Xavier route you could go be a humanitarian. So like, oh. You could still do Magneto. Magneto yeah, Charles, could still Charles have been ex- a Jew in the Holocaust. But like you're, so you're saying like these people are gonna be affected. Like if it goes like you know, whole United States, that just happens, and they just get these powers. But with yeah, no I, I think there's a real possibility that could be the threat. I think I think that would be that would be a weak payoff, but I don't know. I think it would be cooler than the way I'm describing it. <laughs> Maybe that's the way I'd say it. Uh, do you think the guy that is gonna give the machine to Rambo is Reed Richards? I don't think it is. There's. There's a rumor that it's blue. She says. She says. Go ahead. Blue, yeah, I said blue marvel. Oh, did you good? Episode. Okay, I think um, it's blue marvel. She, I think yeah. that's a safe I, bit. I cover my. I cover my bases. I was like blue marvel, um, Doctor Doom, and <laughs> or Victor Von. Yeah, Doom, the, obviously not blue marvel was for the people. Victor Von Doom was for you. <laughs> yeah, and then Reed Richards for the you know here's the two for one bet. Um, she she does she does refer to it as my guy. So like you know my mind is like oh it's a dude. Because I feel like she would say, I don't know, my gal or my person. I don't know. I feel like I would say my person if it was just keep it vague to keep everyone guessing. Oh, that and that's what that's what like rattled me. It's like you, like you hear that she's like, oh my god, we gotta meet him, and then you're like, oh, that's how the see the episode's gonna end, and that's not how the episode ends. You don't even get to see the person's like back of their head or anything. Yeah, man. I I think it. I I want it to be Reed Richards. I'm really, really pulling for them to do it. it well, and that's the whole thing. Okay, you you give us an ep- Is it last episode where she talks about like, hey, I need this like big lead box, you know, push through, and basically, so like you know, you don't get this like DNA changing effect. That would make sense if it is Reed Richards it, or someone like it, that to like. It makes get sense for him and, to do it again. This all has to be done right, and because maybe wherever they're meeting. That's where he was, or that person was, and that was inside the hex. I I think the I think the safe money is on Blue Marvel. I I don't think it's that big of a I don't think it, you don't have to overthink it on that. And if that happened, that wouldn't be like oh bummer. Like that that would still be cool. The internet is going to break if it's Reed Richards in episode seven of nine of Wandavision. And it's John Krasinski. Yeah, the internet will break. And then the internet will have an apocalypse if they make a Jimmy Woo uh, Krasinski joke. Yep. They would have to. Do you think that Hayward is going to build the Sentinels? 
I don't think him physically is going to build it, but uh, I'd say this strong leaning that he would be um, in control of having that be tasked by Trask to build it. I think there's a stronger chance that he does that than than X-Men being introduced. That's what I would say. But, but that's just me. I, I think he could have some Thunderbolt stuff here, too. Maybe. Uh, or like, I wonder if he gets sucked into everything and then he becomes a Grim Reaper. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe because Wanda hates him, he tur- she turns him into a villain. And because she turns him into a villain, he gets bad bad powers. I don't know. You know, like, that's that's another thing that I think could happen here. Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about, for sure. At the end of this episode, she starts expanding. Um, it starts taking over swords. Oh, I have a question like, on this know. real quick before you do your thing. Okay. Who would you who is in a worse spot right now at the end of this episode? Is it the gal in the guy the pumpkin guy in the and the curtain gal? Is it the kids stuck in place? Is it the sword people that turned into clowns? Or is it the kids that were sleeping the whole time and then got only let out for a Halloween episode? Who's in the worst right? Probably say who's who's in the worst the position? Kids. Right the kids? Kids, yeah. You think so? But I think sleeping would be fine. Yeah, but, you know, maybe they are in, in – if it's Nightmare, maybe they're having nothing but nightmares. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Gosh, I mean, you're like, oh, there's a lot of sleep references this episode with Nightmare, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, those kids are probably like, thank the Lord I'm awake yeah, good point. in this Nightmare instead of the evil one that I was just in for like eight days. I just think clowns suck, and I just I, – I was thinking about this. I was like, imagine you work your whole life, Mark. You're like, okay, I finally got it. I'm, I'm working for this agency. I can't tell anybody who I'm working for. We got a big thing. It's a huge thing. We're, we're hanging out at this. It's a secret thing. We're hanging out in New Jersey. I can't tell anybody about it. I'm watching what's going on. This is big. It's big stuff. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Avengers Endgame level stuff. And then all of a sudden, the hex comes your way. You're running to, away from it, and then all of a sudden, you think you're a clown. Ten seconds later, like what a bad day at work. Okay, this is the thing. I need. To, I, I. We need to break down for a second. When the hex starts taking over, the you know, it's funny because they turn him into a circus because that's how she probably sees it. It's just a giant circus. If, but. If you noticed, that stuff, like the lights and the helicopter, didn't turn in to like 90s, early thousands versions of that. Or like the car dealership. Those cars looked like old. And we're still in color. So was that like, did we get turned into like the late 60s? Like the helicopter gets turned into a hot hot air balloon. So are we going to go back in time next episode? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I'm that. dying to know what Darcy's going to be, though. Like, am I wrong? Because, like, those cars, those cars that used, used car dealership were not cars of the 80s or 90s. They looked cars of, like, the 60s, maybe 70s in that range. Dude, that cliffhanger made me care about Darcy. Crazy what this show has done. Yeah, and, like, what was she, is she going to be still handcuffed? Like, how is, is she going to be conscious? Because no, she won't. Nobody is. Of her character? Or, yeah. She's going to become part of the show. Yeah, she'll be part of the show. Does she become a superhero? Does she become a villain? Does she become, like, Jubilee or something? I don't know. (laughs) Flip the table. End of the episode. Leave us your... Just gambit. (laughs) (laughs) Big bang. (laughs) Leave us your thoughts on WandaVision. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go to theinfinityrose.com. Leave us a review if you want to talk about... Keep the conversation going. We'd love to do that. Let's get into some nerd news, Mark. Black Widow. Fan, uh, Universal's F9 are poised to kick off this summer. This comes from Variety. And there's a huge dilemma here, Mark. The huge dilemma is this. Do they release Black Widow 
on Disney Plus and in the movie theaters at the same time, risking huge financial loss? Or do they move all of their Marvel properties back? Because, allegedly, this movie not being shown after Falcon and Winter Soldier moves everything in the timeline back. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I, like, if they've been saying this for a while that they're going to show in theaters, so it's... Are you just going to sit on this movie for another year, hoping that everything goes back to normal, or... Well, here's here's the point the article says, because people are going to people are going to movie. Theaters. Well, I'll, I'll, like, I'll put it I'll put it in the show notes so you can read more about this if, if you're if you're listening to us. The big dilemma here, Mark, isn't necessarily that they don't mind holding on to the movie. The big dilemma is that it messes with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe storyline. How and now see so this gets this you know gains my curiosity. This movie's supposed to be set in the past. How does it change the timeline? I think this movie is going to affect Hawkeye, the, ser- the series. I'll say that. I think the Hawkeye series gets affected by this movie. They can't show okay, Hawkeye. So, like, a- after Winter Soldier has run their episodes, is there another? Like, It'd be Loki, Loki and I think, become- Loki, is- like, I think Loki can go, too. But I'm saying is, are they actually, like, when, you know, are they doing, like, with WandaVision, we get one week break, then we get uh, Winter Soldier... And then we're getting a one-week break, and it's Loki? Yes. Okay. So it's like, do you... Because you don't want to premiere it when you still have that stuff out, so... Well, and the other part, I think, is Kevin Feige doesn't want to lose momentum. Kevin Feige has built significant momentum on all these projects. Well, I'm saying, like, then release it, like, after Loki's done. So it's like a summer movie at that but point. But the problem is, is you you have to move everything else back in the MCU storyline. You gotta move, You gotta move Doctor Strange back. You gotta move all the rest of them back, because... The blessing of the MCU is it's a constant story of of a hundred stories within the story. The curse of it right now in this season of COVID is if one thing gets bumped back, the the rest of it gets bumped back. I mean, I would assume this connects with Spider Man in some capacity. Well, how I feel if Black Widow's anything like Captain Marvel, I don't care when you release no, it. Oh, shut up! For me, if it's any other movie, you're probably gonna Whatever. give me some good context. Captain Marvel whales. Whatever. Screw. All Captain Marvel does is like, hey, she's gonna be in Endgame, so buckle up. No, it doesn't. Bill's a great character. Oh, and there's and there's scrolls. So yeah, it, you know, yeah, yeah. That. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, you remember how? Hey, you want to see how? You want to see how Nick Fury gets his eye cut out? Cat. That was stupid. <laughs> that was stupid. I'll agree. That that was stupid. Hey, real quick, while we're here, Birds of Prey. What's your favorite part? Oh, that's right. You can't remember it because that movie sucks. You know what mine is? It's the egg sandwich. All right, moving on. Here we go. Um, no. <laughs> Anything with you, McGregor, was amazing. Fine. Because him yeah. playing. You don't even know his name. I just you don't even know his name. I just hate. You. I just I like stopped and I was like, I'm not. I I can't feed into this because it just makes you stronger. That's literally. I stopped mid sentence. It's like, nope. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna let him have it and just walk away. That that's literally just like I like literally stopped and paused. It's just like nope. Robbie better have his favorite scene from Birds of Prey always ready to go because someday I'll ask him that same question. That movie sucks. Gosh, that movie is so bad. It might be the most overrated DC movie ever. It was still fun. It was fun. Yes. That's that's a fair. That is fair. I can live with that. It was fun. What isn't fun is Captain Marvel. Shut it does your ha- mouth. it does have pieces that Captain Marvel is a blast. The story. Like I said, it like it connects pieces. Fantastic storytelling. Great characters. Great acting. Great backstory from Nick Fury and Shield. I love that movie. All right, here we go. 
Uh, EA, this comes from IGN, has made $3 billion from Star Wars games, and it isn't slowing down anytime soon. Why would they? I mean, if you listen to this show, there's a good chance you're playing this game. Big one was Jedi Fallen Order. Mark, did you play Jedi Fallen Order? Hell yeah, I did. Battlefront 2 is really big. It's making a big it's making a big put comeback for the Infinity. I, I initially I pre-ordered Infinity or not Infinity Pros 2, um Battlefront 2 and I hated it. Yes. And now fast forward like 3 4 years later, I'm all in on it. We hated it and now we like it cuz they got rid of the crates. That's why. But no, they made 3 billion dollars on it. Star Wars games are crushing it. I mean, this is great news in my opinion. It just means more Star Wars. And, and Ubisoft is teasing an open-world Star Wars game for the console, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to that game. That's going to be sweet. Let's talk about some serious Let's talk about some serious news before we go into our little bit segment. Uh, Gina Carano was fired from The Mandalorian after abhorrent social media posts. Mandalorian actress and MMA fighter Gina Carano has been fired from Lucasfilm after abhorrent and unacceptable posts of hers went viral on social media. She's not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there's no plans for her to be in the future, said a spokesman from Lucasfilm stated in an IO at 9. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. It's like the fourth time it's said that in like three sentences. Um, sorry, not trying to brush, make, make light of that comment. I'm just like, not really well said. Um, this wasn't her first brush with social media controversy. In the past few months, Carano has used her social media platform to mock COVID-19 masks, um, spread conspiracy theories about the legitimacy of the election, and like posts disparaging Black Lives Matter and pronoun usage. She played Cara Dune in the award-winning Disney Plus series and was rumored to star in the forthcoming Mandalorian spinoff, Rangers of the New Republic, but that no longer appears to be in the cards. She's also dropped as a client by UTA, an agency spokesperson confirmed. Mark, uh, not going to rate this news because it's serious and it just is out of taste to rate it. What are your thoughts on this, man? Because this and and we're going to try not to get too political, but we, we we did feel like this needed to be talked about. It's a Star Wars issue, and we loved the Mandalorian this season. It gets an Infinity Snap from this podcast. It also won the annual Stan Lee's, which is our yearly uh, awards uh, show we do at the end of the year. And it was number one across the board on our list for TV show. Is this a loss for Mandalorian or do you think this was the right call by Disney? My comment on this would be from a business standpoint or company standpoint, anyone that works for, you know, at will employment or contractual employment probably says in your stuff that you sign that you probably don't even remember that. You know, they can fire you for basically any reason, especially when it comes to social media. Anything that's deemed damning to their public image is probably a right for them to fire you. So that is literally what happened. She got her second chance and she was fired. Um, The way they portrayed like these, the things that she sent seem very far worse than I think what they actually are. They're still bad. Um... But I I think she's, I don't know. Like, I, end of the day, my, like, my political beliefs don't, probably don't align with hers. But I think this is a bad road that we're going down as a society where people can't have opinions. And your opinion, whether it be political is damning towards you from the populace if it's not an opinion that's you know looked at 
as correct in their eyes. No, I, well, and, and we're not trying to make political statements here. I think that's... Like, there's stuff she said in the past that I totally disagree with. But I think this situation, it was just, like, probably the last straw for them. They're like, well, I mean, this is just bad for us because people are going to, like, petition for you not to be here. And I think people really enjoy her character. And, I, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like this, it's like, it's just getting out of hand. Like, what's next? She'd probably just go get her agent, a new agent that, like, represents Tim Allen. She'll be fine. <laughs> I I agree with you pretty much across the board here, Mark. I One thing that I think is really important to note. This, this, Society's gotten soft. Yes, yeah, society has gotten up. soft. I would agree. Th- this quote comes from Disney. Miss Carano had previously been implored to be more aware of the impact her social media statements could have on others and on those she collaborates professionally with. She indicated a resolve to do both, and on multiple occasions has failed to live up to that commitment. Regardless of the content, I don't want to speak to the content on it, because I think that... I I would just say I don't think the comments are relevant in this conversation, because the reality is, in an actor and actress, you sign this legal document saying you're going to follow their code of conduct. Whether you like it or not, you signed it. That's something you, and, you okay. said at the top here, Mark, that I really yes. thought was really wise and smart. And unfortunately, Disney did have control over your message. Yeah. And if they gave you two to three, which it sounds like they gave her multiple, so at least three attempts to, to knock it off, then no, I don't feel bad for you. You knew what you were doing. And this is a case of Gina Carano thinking she was more important for the Mandalorian than she was. And, and like the one thing I want to touch on with that, it's... um. Like, people saying, like, hey, she's getting paid a ton of money. She should just shut her mouth. It's like, well, no, that's also bad. Yes. I mean, she should probably tread water just knowing her position her job can be in jeopardy. And I think that's what we're seeing with this. She's not being like, oh, well, maybe she is with this movie that she's going to make. Um, but, like, you kind of got to own what you say. Like, if if you know what you're going to say could get you fired, you own that or you don't say it. I agree. That's and a great what way What we're to put seeing it. is she's she's owning it. Yeah. If that's what you mean, if you mean it, stand by it and say it. Stand by it and say it and go. Because that's a lot. That's a lot of crap that we get lukewarm apologies with stuff like yeah. situations like this, where then you're like, oh, you gotta make a public apology because like, you know I'm your publicist and you gotta look good. And it's like, well, no, you just kind of look like a dumbass. The content is a completely different political discussion that I'm not going to get into. I'm just speaking from a business model that says this. They, if they talk to her several times, then I feel no remorse for her. I do not feel bad. I would actually go as far as to say as I don't even think this is cancel culture. I think this is a company well within their rights of doing it. I do not think the Mandalorian... And that's the thing. Will, I, cancel culture would be the outcry of people to cancel it. And people were. This was and pe- Disney. And people were, Mark. And Disney had her back. For a long time, they've had her back. For, for about a year, they've had her back. And that's, I think, why I'm I'm gonna I don't tend to side with Disney often. They're a pretty big company, and they they do a lot of in regards to business. They're they're not they're not team players with other companies. Okay, the point I'm saying here is 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 I think she she stepped in it, and she thought she was too important, and she's not that important. And I've heard comparisons of like, well, Pedro Pascal has said some things. And Pedro Pascal has said some things, and, and other other people have and said some does things. Does not get like, the same Great. treatment, but it's in a different climate when they said it. So it's like that's why the heat's not as hot. And that's Pedro Pascal. 
That that's the reality. As as much as as much as we don't want to say that that way, and as sad as that is for maybe Gina Carano and her fans. And he's the star of the he's show. He's the star of the show. So. He holds a ton of weight. He is currently the Robert Downey Jr., Daniel Ratcliffe of of our era. When do they start filming season three of The Mandalorian? Soon, I would imagine. Soon or like six, nine months from now? Because that's usually all it takes for media to forget stuff. So She is easy to write out. She's easy to write out. I am all in on the people who want um, Sonya Deville, the wrestler, to replace her. I'm all for that. Give me another wrestler in that show. That's the dumbest thing you've said on the show so far. Dumbest thing I've ever said? No, on the show so far today. And you've said some dumb things. Well, I mean, I'm talking to someone who likes dumb things. (laughs) Let's get into little bits. (laughs) Little bits. Little bits. Michael B. Jordan comments on Black Panther, Mark. This is interesting, man. Wow. He, He makes a comment. Uh, Michael B. Jordan was recently on Good Morning America, and when asked about Black Panther 2, he said, I can't say too much about that one. If I ever have the opportunity to get back in that franchise, I would. Mark, do you buy or sell that Michael B. Jordan is coming back after the passing of Chadwick Boseman and a need to fill a void in the new Black Panther 2? Well, the way he said it makes it seem like he knows stuff. There's been talks. Um, If he's open to the idea of coming back and he wants to, that's just, you know, money being wasted by not utilizing that by Disney. So, because that dude's a hot commodity. Bring him back. I mean, if Wanda's going to, if WandaVision's going to show us that, hey, we can take stuff from the multiverse or that's what Doctor Strange is going to do, what's stopping from, hey, this is how we're going to get a new Black Panther is Michael B. Jordan from another universe who actually is Black Panther becomes our Black Panther. So yeah, I'm buying it. The only way it works, in my opinion, is if Ryan Coogler is writing it. And maybe that's what his show is going to be about. Maybe it'll involve Michael B. Jordan. I want Ryan Coogler to do it. That's all I really care. So I'm going to sell that he's doing it because I think they're going to go with another route. But I'll buy it if Coogler's in it. So the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse sequel. This comes from Murphy's Multiverse, a famous scooper, a favorite scooper uh, website, excuse me. Charles Villanueva wrote, The complicated notion of the multiverse has been a long, stable, and high-concept fiction, but in the world of comic book films, it was only the last couple of years that the idea became a lucrative prospect when it cultivated in the box office and critical success of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, apparently, the new villain in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse will be the Spot, the one obscure Spidey villain who occasionally showed up here and there to terrorize the likes of Spidey and Daredevil with his goofy yet powerful ability. The Spot has the ability to access and manipulate portals in any space drawn as, t- as spots in the comics, which he also uses to transport him or any part of his body. He commonly uses it to have his foes punch their, their own faces or to assault them from all directions, but it oftentimes has been used more for sinister purposes. In Mark Wade's Daredevil run, the spot appeared in a key role where he was where wherein his power gets harnessed by another villain called Coyote, who then uses it to operate a global human trafficking empire by kidnapping victims remotely. Mark, are you buying or selling the spot being in um into the Spider-Verse 2? Oh, Into the Spider-Verse. I thought you were talking about Spider-Man 3 for nope. the whole time. Mm-hmm. I missed that. Um, 
Does that mean we're getting Daredevil also in? No, I think it's just that's that's they were referencing him. That's all. But why reference him? Because that's what the article was posting, just so people could know what the villain oh, is. Screw that article. Um, <laughs> I was like all in on Spider-Man Three. It's like, oh yeah, let that be the villain. That actually makes sense. I mean, I I don't care. I'm all for it. I'd buy it. anything into the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Two is going to be amazing because the first one was great. Into the so. Spider Verse has to have cool villains to kind of maximize what they they're doing with this style because it's it's a brand new art, and especially when you're going to do animation, someone like the Spot would be perfect. I agree. I bu- I buy it. Where it's yeah, I want it to be somebody sinister. I think it could be easy to make this villain like funny. I would go evil with it and lean more towards kind of how they did. Uh, um. Um, what's his name? Oh man, Kingpin. There you go. Uh, just, just if if they do it like Kingpin was, because Kingpin made a couple jokes, but he was pretty serious for the most part. I would take it that way. Uh, Skyler Schuler, a famous scooper for Disney uh, on Disney related things. Excuse me. He's the editor in chief of the Disney Insider, the Diz Insider. Uh, he says, "I was just told this was on February 10th." I was just told that Keanu Reeves was really approached for Craven, but passed months ago. Do you buy or sell this rumor that Keanu Reeves was offered this role and he passed? Uh, definitely going to buy that he was probably offered. I mean, that's easy. Um, pass, because it's just like, you know, you got to swerve the whole everyone. So then when he shows up in Spider-Man 3, we're losing our minds. I'm selling it. I think Keanu Reeves is waiting for the perfect opportunity. I think Marvel wants him. But I think they're waiting for the perfect opportunity. And I think him and Marvel are just working out what that would be. I don't think Craven's it, personally. I know Isaac said in our group chat he wanted that, but I don't don't want it. I want him in a bigger role. I don't want him in a one and done. Well, that means he'd be part of the Sinister Six, though, so it wouldn't necessarily be... A Sinister Six movie is just is just being... Oh, that's what they're playing to build. You're a supporting character. He deserves to carry a whole movie. I don't like it. Um, in Humans and Agent Carter retweeted about Falcon and Winter Soldier series. This is the first time in years, apparently, that Inhumans has done it. And Agent Carter did it more recently. Mark, are you buying or selling that Inhumans and Agent Carter will be in Falcon and Winter Soldier, the six-episode season that's right falcon winter soldier is only six episodes but the episodes are longer they're like they're like they're like an hour and change well fine um how they involve peggy carter would be interesting in humans like are we getting the inhumans from the actual inhuman show or from agents of shield or like new and let me share what i think because that might help with what you're thinking i think agent carter is just retweeting it because of agent 13 because that's her niece so i think that's the reason she's they're retweeting it ah I do think Inhumans are going to be part of this season. And because you need Inhumans to introduce Miss Marvel. Yeah. Miss Marvel has to have Inhumans introduce her around the. Along. So I think the, the big threat is going to be the crystals, the Terrigen crystals. I don't know how they do it. <clears throat> I don't know if they like encounter Inhumans along the way, but. Or they just flash back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. Gosh, that'd be even better. Episodes. They're like, you better watch these because this stuff might not make sense to you. I love it. I'd be all in on it. Because, like, why do all that stuff when you've already done it? Yeah, I'd be all for that, Mark. 
down for that. No. I'm buying humans. I would sell Pinky Carter. Because... I don't think she's in it either. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Agent 13's in it, though. We know that. So I think that's why. I think that's that just makes the most sense as to why that would be the case. Um, well, let's head over to the top five. The. We're going at three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List. Starts now. Every week we like to do a water cooler discussion about what our top five of a specific subject or subjects were in the previous weeks. This week it's it's we're kind of at the we're at the two thirds point, but it feels like we can finally put together a strong list of our top five WandaVision episodes so far. Uh we're prefacing it with so far. Uh for those that cared on the front end, Mark, uh we're, we're at, Mark, let's just do our top six since there's only six episodes. What's the episode you are leaving out of your top five? Um, well, are we do, doing top five or top six? Well, I mean, it, there's only six episodes we've watched, so one of them's out. What's your number six is my question. See, this is so tough for me because I, I like them all, but um, I'd probably say two would be my six. Yeah. Episode my six two is my number mission. six as well. Look at us. Yeah. Who would have thought? Number two is my uh, number. Number episode two is my number six. I I think it's the weakest from a story storytelling perspective. And again, this is one of the shorter episodes. I just it's a good episode, but it, it needed more. Um. So I'll go to my number five. My number five is episode one. I I'm gonna hold to this. The these first two episodes were stupid short. And I I was like, imagine if they had released episode one by itself without episode two people would have been even more upset at this show um the stories have been great were they a little weaker in the first two episodes maybe were they like degenerate and not worth watching absolutely not i would not claim that in the slightest um but episode one to me is the weakest what holds up now for me in episode one is that choking scene with that guy um that holds up it's it's crazy and just watching um kitty from that 70s show look at look at um wanda and go stop it stop it really holds up there's a lot of dramatic flair there but episode one would be number five Uh, my number five is also episode one i think what i may have said about it before it really i think started setting the tone to what we were going to get especially like the scene you just described with the the hearts um that you don't know what's really going on there's some weird stuff happening. Oh, here's some new characters. And it's really just evolved from that. So that's my number five. Uh, my number four is is the episode three now in color. Um, I'm just working my way up the list, it feels like. Uh, I really did not. I, I really did not believe that they put the twins this early in the show. Um how they did that and how they paralleled her birth of her birthing process of these two kids with visions ending of his life in infinity war, where he says, you can do this. You got this. She goes, I can't. It's literally, if you go back and look at the two sets of lines, they're basically the same lines just said by one's Monaco Rambo. The other one is the vision. Um, remarkable scene. This is a great episode. But the next three episodes take off, and I think that's that's where the ish hits the fan. And uh, so this is number four just by default. 
But this is where this show just starts to really kick in into high gear and have some fun for me. So number four is episode three. Uh, my number four is episode six, so like the most recent episode. Okay. And I, I would definitely say for me it's because of like the the other puzzle piece for me. It's like it, like it didn't ex- it had me excited and then like kind of like really cut it off right at the end. It built up and then it felt like okay, at the end this is another puzzle piece episode. We really didn't get a lot of new characters, but we got a lot of just important details. Number three for me is going to be episode five. I think episode five is probably the most overrated episode of this series so far. I Pietro was a great reveal. There's some great dialogue. Obviously, the stuff happening outside of the area with Wanda going after them was good but i i just think episode five is is not as special as everybody else is making it out to be the heart and soul of this series is episode four and six to me so far um pietro just kind of blew the roof off of the whole series and where it could go so i think when we look back that's what people are going to remember about that episode so great episode still six out of six but that's why i'd give it number three uh, my number three would uh, I think I would agree with you. It'd be episode five for me as well. Uh, kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, I had a really big payoff at the end. But didn't bring my hype level and, like, blood rushing, um, you know, sitting on the edge of my seat, like, uh, the next two episodes of my, on my list. Well, I mean, and the sparky, the sparky dog stuff is great. Yeah. But again, this is another episode of, like, puzzle pieces, as you said. Yep. Uh, number two for me is number episode four. Is that uh, I'm sorry. Number uh, number two for me is episode six. Excuse me. Number two for me yeah. is episode six. You talked about episode six already. Episode six is, um, I I think episode six is phenomenal. This is this is what we want. And I was thinking about this today. I was like. What they did in this in this episode was they essentially put all of the comic book stuff out there and then swerved everything that everybody thought. You have no idea where this show is going, and it's just a remarkable job. Episode 6 is fantastic. This episode is probably my favorite in regards to like the TV era it shot for. But um, it's especially my favorite in the sense of just I cannot wait to see where they're going i i think this is the episode we're going to look back on as the one with the most answers that were right in front of our face and we just couldn't tell so number six is my number two uh my number two would be episode three um this is where I, this is episode where i really feel like start stuff started getting escalated and we started getting a little bit more into like you know who's actually you know the whole th- like who's in control started really blowing up i feel like with this episode I mean, that's where we find out that Wanda's in control. Because up to that point, we didn't think so. Yep. And I think there was this... I hold that one a little bit higher, but it's like all these episodes I love, so it's like it's hard to really rank them for Totally. Me, so. I agree. It's going to be interesting to go back and rank them at the end. Yep. And obviously our number one is the same. Yeah, it's episode four. I mean, this this what this episode does to show the aftermath of Endgame, to give Darcy... And Wu, these characters that were sub-characters in both their movies that were honestly kind of forgettable characters in those movies. I don't know how the MCU moves forward without these two. 
We learn all the backstories. We learn about Sword that I think I think Sword is a big player moving forward. Obviously, we were introduced to them with Cap um uh, Spider-Man 2, excuse me. Monica Rambeau, though, man. I mean, like, she is just this is her episode. It was her time to shine. I absolutely adore this character. I cannot wait to watch Photon. Episode four is my favorite so far. I'm so pumped to see where this goes the next three episodes. And it's episode four we get to see Vision dead. Yeah. And, like, that was shocking. Just, like, look up. He's all grayed out. Big hole in his head. Well, that's what the file that uh, Darcy finds says. It's cataract. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where that goes from there with him and Pietro. Uh, well, Mark, thanks for a great episode with me, man. This was a lot of fun. Gosh, I could talk for hours on WandaVision. Are you going to have the same level of hype you think for Falcon and Winter Soldier? Like, I'm kind of myself sitting here like, man, I... This is really hard for them to follow. I think Loki can follow it because that's pretty out there. But Loki will definitely, I think, grasp my interests a lot more because I like that character. And I've thought about this too. Is Does Falcon Winter, Winter Soldier going to keep that? Like, I'm obviously going to watch them. But will I have the same hype? Or like, what's the story they're telling there? Like, are we getting, is this supposed to be like all, like a total, you know, 180 from WandaVision where it's like, oh, this is more action based with some like spy stories and stuff like that versus like WandaVision's like a, you know, think deep thinking type of series that makes sense i kind of look at falcon and winter soldier as like i think it'll be great i'm not degrading it and i can't wait actually i'm actually more pumped because of zemo i yeah zemo is gonna be great like one of my top movies is civil war and for some reason i feel like you know zemo is the most evil villain they've encountered because that dude is willing to do whatever to make it crumble from the inside and oh he has nothing to lose exactly and just to see what how his character turns on if he gets to his because he has like a he's supposed to have like a pink outfit but they have him in like a dark purple mask it'll be interesting too to see like how much the aftermath of endgame affects those guys oh yeah and that's what i want i want the story well i want zemo's story if we're gonna touch on this for a second on what happens with him like did he get blipped and he came back or does does he get freed because of the blip? I think this is a good palate cleanser for Loki. Like, you're going to get this weird universe. You're probably going to end with Doctor Strange. It probably will end in some form of a cliffhanger. Or, hey, this is the person moving forward that we need to be scared of. And Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to come in and kind of ground us a little bit. And I'm really excited about that. I just, I'm like, I'm, Mark, I cannot believe how good WandaVision's been. We thought this movie was going to be good, but... It has exceeded my expectations. Even ranking those lists, I think episodes one and two are great. I really enjoyed yeah. them. I really did. And I I tip my hat to the team at Marvel for assembling this. This this clearly is a gamble that's going to work. And I'm excited when everything's out to like go back and rewatch up because I just feel like there's gonna be more that we're gonna be like, oh my gosh, that's you know, flashbacks of episodes one and two, but well, thanks again, Mark, for coming on. It was great to have you, man. And, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. We're really excited next week. Uh, if you're from Minnesota, uh, we're going to be having AJ Monsoor from the power trip morning show, stopping by to hang out with us and do some infinity bros talks. So you're not going to miss it. We're going to talk about WandaVision next week. We'll dig into some nerd news and do our typical stuff, but, uh, make sure you check out next week's episode. It's going to be a blast. If you don't know who AJ Monsoor is, go check him out. He's hilarious. He's a great guy, and we're super pumped to have him on. You can check us out on the infinitybros.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Uh, if you got the itch to Twitch, check us out. We've been doing a ton of streaming, so make sure you check us out on there. Uh, there's some fun stuff happening there. As always, we love you guys, 3000, and we will talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.